This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the program called Your Time to Shine. It's our pleasure, as always, to have it in the studio the host of Your Time to Shine, Celine Harlow. How are you going, Celine? I'm doing well. Oh, I bummed the table. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And yeah, you're from Dawning Light. I am. Yeah, yeah tell us what Dawning about, Light is. It is. Oh, actually, I was just writing a post about it this morning. You know, coincidence. Anyway, yeah. so I called my business My Dawning Light because mm-hmm. I thought... Well, I had a list of businesses, of potential names for my business, for my business, and My Dawning Light was the one I resonated the most with, because I thought, when you say My Dawning Light, then your light will be dawning as well. Right. Isn't that poetic? That's great. So it's a blessing words, in it? itself. So every day is a new day, a new dawning light. Absolutely. Exactly. And aren't we blessed to live in such a great place? <laughs> we live in a paradise, really, don't we? <laughs> we do. Hogs Bay is a beautiful place to live in. Now, we're going to talk about uh, being an empath, and I might suggest to you that there probably isn't one man of my age out there who doesn't know one empath, and that will be Councillor Diana Troy from Star Trek, The Next Generation. I don't know the, the, the reference. Don't? All right, wow. you'll tell us about Have you heard of Diana. Star Trek, haven't you? I have. Well, she's an empath, okay. just like what you're going to talk about today. Tell us what an empath is for those who haven't watched Star Trek. Well, I haven't watched Star Trek, so I don't really know. But the you reference, do know what an empath is. Okay. Yeah. So the empath, an empath is someone who can, um, who has an ability to feel into other people's emotions and thoughts. And in recent years, we've seen an increase in the number of people who describe themselves as, as empath. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. So what's the point of being an empath? I mean, you know, I would never claim to be an empath, but I can, <laughs> I can generally tell. For instance, looking at you right now, I could say you're probably quite happy. And I, I can probably tell that you think this is crap, so I don't believe in that at all. <laughs> no, oh my no. goodness, I'm an empath. <laughs> so am I an empath by judging? I'm just reading your body language, really, aren't I? And if That's you came right, in yeah. with your, your face uh, looking a bit miserable, like I say, oh, you're not in a very good mood today, Celine. And you would say, wow, how clever you are. It's not, it's not as simple as that, though, is it? Well, the idea is that we're all connected to each other, and it's kind of like a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, If I can read your body uh, language, yep. and I know that right now you don't want to murder me, then I'm, I'm safe. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the it, basis, right. you know. Uh, for us living in a, as a community together. Um, but the idea is that for empaths, they don't have a choice. They cannot not feel other people's emotions and thoughts. They are for- forced to feel those, you know. And it kind of feels like a burden rather than a gift or mm. a social skill. I was going to say, it must be a burden. It is. So you're an empath? <laughs> um, I guess I used to be, and I used to describe myself as someone who was really sensitive. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, I have I have a lot of examples of people who told me that you know if I if I was if I continued to be so sensitive, I would never survive in this world because mm-hmm. I was just too sensitive to people maybe criticizing me or judging me or rejecting me or I could feel other people's emotions or suffering. And so that really affected me on a deep level because then I would always be exhausted and drained. So you said you were an empath, but you're not now? I don't describe myself as an empath anymore. Um, I think 
That's kind of like when you say, I am an empath. I actually recently watched a documentary about someone who wanted to find out if she was an empath or not. And she was very sarcastic, very um, cynic, mm-hmm. cynical. I don't mm-hmm. know what the objective yes. is. And um, it was really interesting to see that, you know, when you describe yourself as an empath, there's kind of like a bit of, you know, the ego is stepping in as well. I'm an empath. You know, I'm better than you. I'm more special. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm magic. <laughs> and there's more than one type of empath, isn't there? Well, I think... I think empathy comes down to... Actually, I looked into the etymology of empathy. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could look into it because it's really interesting. So generally speaking, it it, um, it means caring for or wanting to help people. Yeah. And um, it comes from the word... Where did I write it? From the ancient Greek empatheia, which originally meant great affection or passion. And then it was translated into Einfühlung in German, which means feeling into. Mm. And from that word, you had you know somebody translated it into into empathy. So it's feeling into the space of somebody else. I read that uh, there are, uh, you know, what you said is 100% there, but I also read that there, there are emotional empaths, which is what you obviously were or are. There's uh, physical and medical empaths. There's geomantic, which are place of environment empaths. Plant empaths, animal empaths, and claircognizant or intuitive empaths. So I suppose they're psychics. What do you think about all of that? Well, you know, the the universe is a wonderful place. And there are many, many many things, many things that I do not understand. And, you know, it would be far be it for me to laugh at that sort of thing because so many people believe it. Who am I to say they're wrong? Hmm. I see. I think it comes down to you feeling more connected to one aspect of the universe more than, you know. And I think I think most people I come I get in touch with or I come in contact with are sensitive empaths, you know, people who are feeling into other people's emotions and don't often recognize that these emotions don't really belong to them because mm. they want I think it boils down to um a deep desire to uh, see other people around you happy and healthy. And so in an attempt to see them happy and healthy, you take their suffering, you take their burden, you take their negative emotions so that they have a chance at happiness at life. Do you have that choice to take that burden or does it just happen? You, I think it just happens, but it comes down to, I think, a limiting belief around boundaries and around um, you know wanting to serve people. But how is it serving other people? You know, If you take on their suffering, how is it serving them in, you know, on, a, on a long-term basis? Is it really helping them? Is it helping them to grow? I wonder, do you take them so they pass them on to you or do you share them? I think it's an unconscious um, process. For me, when this happened to me a few years ago, I just, I, I wasn't aware of it. But I knew that I was always drained and exhausted and that I wasn't supposed to feel that way. So I looked into my diet. I looked into how much, you know, how long I was sleeping at night. Or, mm-hmm. And um, I explored all of these option, options. And then I had to look into, well, actually, maybe it's it's about your relationship with people, the quality of your relationship with people. So I suppose, what are we going to say? I mean, we can feel empathy for someone. So, you know, if someone passes away, for instance, we might say, you know, we feel, we feel terribly for you. Mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we are with your sadness with you. But tomorrow I'm going to be better because it's not my sadness, it's your sadness, isn't it? I'm going to get over it pretty shortly. So, but I, I still feel for you. So, but if I was an empath, you I would have take that choice. it from yeah, you yeah, yeah. and I would be sad too. 
I'll be yeah. sad for ages. Well, you know, compassion means suffering with. And that's, I think, the downside of empathy, of sensitivity, of feeling into someone else's thoughts or, or emotions, that you don't have a choice. You, do, you don't feel that you're able to switch off. And, you know, I remember having lots of friends who would always, you know, give me their stuff and tell me about their problems mm -hmm. and their stories. And it was never recipro reciprocated. Yes. But um, and I would, you know, we would, you know, finish our you know, time at the coffee shop and then yeah. I would continue thinking about them over and over and over and over yes. again for many, many, many days. So there's no end. <laughs> no. Well, I suppose that's the, uh, the sad part of being an empath is that we can all have empathy. We can all feel for someone and what they're going through. We can feel there for their joy as well. But that, uh, that disappears more or less, not quite as soon as we walk away from you. But, um, so what are you saying? Are you empathic, empathetic to someone or are you an empath? Or are there real empaths or are we just empathetic? We're all empathetic. Yeah, but if you that, feel that yeah. you don't have a choice, it comes down to boundaries, I think. And um, psychologists have looked into that and they see that there's, um, you know, the separation between Celine and Ken completely mm -hmm. disappears because I'm completely, you know, immersed into your space. And so I don't, you know, that, yeah, that separation between yourself and the other disappears. And so that's why you don't feel that there's a choice. But if you think about what your boundaries are, you know, like this is my stuff and this is your stuff, basically that's what boundaries are, then you can, I guess, step away from that empathy and learn to manage your energy better. I watched a very interesting movie on television last week. You might have seen it. It was on TV3. Let's give them a plug. It was a great movie. It was about a young fella who, uh, probably about your age, um, and he was a sports person and he was in a, a, an accident which broke his neck. And from his neck down, his, he was a quadriplegic. He could move his hands, but he was a young man, a vital young man trapped in a, a body which didn't do anything. So he was a head. And he made the conscious decision that um, he wanted to end his life. And I felt for him right through the whole movie. And then when the movie ended, he went to Switzerland. And he, he, oh, that's the meeting before you book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I read yeah. the book, yeah. And uh, he took his own, he, had his, you know, he, he committed suicide mm -hmm. because he couldn't tolerate being in that body. And I felt for him because you know, if I had that uh, happen to me, I would do what he did. Who would want to be trapped in a head? Some people would say, well, it's better than being dead, but I don't know. So, but we had empathy with them until the credits rolled. And then we said, wow, who'd want to walk a mile in that guy's shoes? Not us. But then we soon forgot about it because it didn't affect us. So we were empaths for the movie time, if you see what I mean. And if I reflect on it right now, I think, ooh, poor guy. But because I'm not living his life, I haven't absorbed his tragedy. Is that well, what happens? I guess... I mean, that's how, you know, blockbusters um, work, you know, that mm -hmm. you feel empathy or you feel that you can identify with one of the characters. Um, I guess, you know, if you really knew the person and you knew who it was before the accident and you knew how he had had to change, yes. I mean, after the accident, then you would feel more empathy and, you you know, you'd feel that you need to help him in any way that you can. But obviously, you know, he didn't, he may had made his decision already. Yeah. Are we feeling sorry for him or being empathetic with him? Is that the same thing? Um, I think feeling sorry for someone is pity more than anything else. Empathy is, I guess there's a fine line, you know, empathy is pity, it's compassion, it's caring mm. for other people. So it's it's a bunch of different feelings or different mechanisms, different processes. Um, but empathy would be, um, you know, 
I'm laying awake at night thinking, you know, what, you know, how can I keep this guy alive? How can I make him change his decision? Which is, you know, what um, his carer was doing sure. in the story. Which is what we might do if it was a member of our family, but if it was someone who we merely knew in passing, we wouldn't be so empathetic, would we? Until we met them and then they went again. <laughs> well, that, I guess that's another issue. It's that, you know, we all believe that we're the center of our own universe. And so the rest of the world doesn't really matter. Exactly. <laughs> Do empaths have psychic abilities? Um, depends what you mean by psychic abilities. I think the term is really, and there's a lot of romance around it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just about realizing that we're all connected to each other because we're all human beings and we all live together in this community. And so we're connected to each other because, you know, we want to feel safe and happy and loved in this community. So that's basic intuition. That's basic empathy. Have you come across people in your line of work that have no empathy at all? No, I haven't. I've only met people who have too much empathy and don't know what to do with it. Do those people exist who have no empathy? Gosh, yes. I Let suppose they're think. psychopaths, are they? Are they psychopaths, those sort of people? Hmm. I think it's a defense mechanism. You know, if you don't feel into your emotions, then there's a big you know, part of life that's, you know, being taken away from you or that you're removing and it makes you feel safer because emotions can be dangerous if you don't know how to handle them. Maybe a lot of people are like that in public, but privately they have emotions. Is that what happens? Well, I think it happens a lot with men, you know, who are taught that, you know, men crying is cry. for sissies or I don't know what you say in yeah, English. That's right, yeah. yeah, and that you shouldn't feel your, you shouldn't show your emotions in public because you're a man and you should be a man and you, you know, you're not a kid anymore and you're not a girl yeah. and all those things. So I think it's true for men, especially, although it's changing now. Yes, yeah, so now they're sensitive new age guys. <laughs> Fortunately for us, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, look, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, you know, well, we have emotions and we should be not shy to express those emotions, should we? Well, I think when you show your emotions, especially for men, I think it's about, it's a sign of, of weakness. It might be interpreted as a sign of weakness. You mm. know, if you cry, then you're weak. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be, to be weak because, you know, you want to be at the, the top of the food chain. So <laughs> it's a biological response. Yeah. Okay, so as an empath, are you likely to be a depressive type of person? If you don't know how to manage the stuff that comes to you all the time, then yes, of course. But like I said, you know, if you define your boundaries well, and if you understand that actually, you know, your need to um, care for other people or to, you know, you need to see other people around you happy and healthy actually comes from um, a deep need within you to control everything, for mm -hmm. example, then you can better say, well, I have a choice here and I'll get rid of those beliefs and I'll replace them with something more empowering and then I'll have a choice. I wonder when we say, uh, and someone in your business, you probably genuinely mean it when you come and say, how are you today, Ken? I say, I'm great. I do. You know, I used to work in a coffee shop in London uh, maybe two years ago. And so it was a really busy place in Soho. And I would be at the counter, you know, and we were taking the morning orders and it was really, really, really busy. And so I had to say, you know, good morning. How are you doing? And they would go straight ahead, straight to their uh, coffee order. And it used to hurt me so much. I really <laughs> wanted to know how they were doing. I really value, you know, genuine relationships with people. And working in the coffee shop wasn't doing it for me. I wonder if you really did want to know that because, you know, you go to every store in town uh, or, you know, go to the supermarket and the checkout ladies say or the checkout guys say, how are you today? And just because I can, sometimes I say, 
you just wouldn't want to have my day. And they don't say anything <laughs> because they don't expect that reply. That's right, yeah. yeah. So bottom line is we don't really want to know because we've all got problems, haven't we? Maybe I can have a sign, you know, that says, I really would like to know how you're doing today. You know, and people would be forced and to give then me honest just right. answers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why people don't um, want to be empaths. So we've all got our own problems, so why do we want your problems as well? Well, you don't have to take on my problems, but I think, you know, if we want to, you know, be closer together as a community, then we need to... Get to know each other, you know. I, you know, we're house sitting full time with my husband, and we don't often, when we go from place to place, we don't often know the neighbors, mm-hmm. even if we stay there for one month, two months, three months, yeah. and the neighbors just don't, don't come and say hi, and we don't go and say hi either. Why and don't I find you? that really sad. Why don't you because there's no time. There's no time. (laughs) You should make time because that's what life's all about. Life's Mm. about getting to know your neighbours. Even if you just say good day to them, you don't do that. I'm surprised. Do you do that? Yes, of course I do. I don't know my neighbours well, but I know them well enough to say good day to you. And if we're going away for the weekend, we say, "Hey, Pete, heading off for the weekend. Would you mind just keeping an eye on the Mm. place?" And they say, "Yeah, no worries." And they come to me and they say, "Going away for the Mm. weekend. Could you just keep your eye on the place?" at least I think you should know your neighbours well enough to wave to them and give them a big cheery smile. But I think that's that's it. You know, we're so focused on our own lives, then you know we don't actually we we don't actually pay attention to others. Mm-hmm. So that's a lack of compassion. What if you're a true empath and you're absorbing all this negative energy? Because I guess in the main, negative ed- energy is more prevalent than positive energy. I How disagree, do- but okay. Do you really? <laughs> I do. I think, you know, I think it's one of my privileges, you know, in my line of work to see many people, you know, wanting to change their lives and being happier. So I see more happiness than I see sadness, which is great. Well, you do because I think people of that ilk seek you out. Yes. What's your point? Well, because I think the average person um, might not be quite as happy as what you think. Would you agree with that or not? I don't agree. I think if you feel that you're a sad person, that you're in a lot of suffering, that you've been through a lot of sad stuff in your life, then you know you always have a choice and you always have the choice to grow and learn from what you've been through and choose to see the, the, the bright side of life. Mm-hmm. And you always have a choice. So if you're holding on to, you know, if you're choosing to focus on the sad stuff, then why are you doing so? Because it's keeping you safe most probably. But you always have a choice. Yeah. Do you think that most people do look on the bright side of life? I think they try to. And I don't think most people really know how to, so they do their best with what they know. So if someone came to you and said, look, I, I need to be more empathetic in my life, how, what would you say to them? How, how would they first of all approach that? Learn to love yourself. The rest will follow. <laughs> That's the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds easy, but it's not really that easy, is it? I think it is. I mean, self-love is really about, you know, embracing all aspects of you, mm-hmm. no matter how, you know, sad they may look at first. But um, self-love is about that. And once you love yourself, then you can love others. Yeah. If I didn't want to be an empath, if I was someone who is sitting to this, listening to this program right now, who is uh, into that spiritual side of life, uh, as you are, and they're a true empath, and they say, look, this is depressing. Because I guess people who come to you, for instance, for counselling, mm-hmm. they're not coming because they're in a great mood, are they? <laughs> no, people come to me because they're in suffering, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so, uh, you know, if you're seeing that person 
that type of person every day must be depressing. In the main, they're going to leave you and you're going to carry on with your life. But they came because they made a decision. That's right. They came to be better. But then all of a sudden, as an empath, they've got to absorb all this negative energy that we're talking about. Not and then they go and you're thinking, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> Is that not what happens? If it happens, it means that I didn't do my job right. So can you cleanse yourself? So you're taking all this negative energy and as an empath, can you at the end of the day sort of erase the negative energy or not? Oh, well, I actually teach you a really simple trick that I learned as, you know, in my Theta Healing uh, training. So it's called an energy break and it really works really well. So um, you rub your palms together, can do it as well. Rub your palms together. Mm -hmm. And so you bring your right palm, the, 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 the hand that's closest to your body, you bring it towards you. Yes. Bring it down mm -hmm. and bring it up. And bring it up and it's cleared. And that's... It's erased. That's kind of making, you know, this kind of separation between, you know, Ken and Celine. Yes. And bringing yourself back into your space. And it, I do that every time, you know, after after each session with a client, and it works really well for me. Sure. What if it doesn't work for you? What do you do then? It works. Of it works course every it works. time. It's kind of like it's just this um, simple mechanism that says, you know, now I'm back in my, I'm in my space and the session is over. So when someone comes to see you and they've had a bit of a downer, so what you're saying really is that it doesn't affect you adversely? It shouldn't. Why should it? If it really does, then I won't be able to do my work properly. Right. And is that what happens with um, all empaths? If they don't have well-defined boundaries, yes. I mean, I think a little bit of intuition and compassion is needed to work properly with your clients if you're working as you know, a light worker or a Reiki practitioner or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you have too much of it, then you'll be cons constantly drained and exhausted and you won't be actually able to work with clients because you, know, you always have that stuff from the previous clients you yeah. know, affecting you. So I suppose to cut to the chase, in the main, 99.9% .9 of the people have empathy. 100%, yes. Yes. <laughs> Except for those psychopaths, aren't they? Um, but we're not all empaths in the true sense of the word of what an empath is defined. I think that's right. We're all connected to each other, but some people want to feel that connection more than others. Yeah. So if we come along and see you and we say, look, we, we'd really like to hone our skills because I think that uh, we probably all have that ability to be an empath. And if we want to hone it, is that possible or not? Yeah, well, lots of people come to me and say, Celine, I've always known I'm a healer. Yes. People, people <laughs> tell me that I'm a healer and I want to be a healer and I don't know how to express that side of myself. Then definitely do. It's really a journey. It is. Is it a never-ending journey? It is a never-ending journey, but it gets better. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, just to remind our listeners, if we want to come and see you, Celine, where are you? So, the easiest way to get in touch with me is always to visit my website, so mydawninglight.com, mydawninglight.com, and you'll have all the information that you need through the website. And you make delicious bread. And I make delicious bread, yes. I learned to make sourdough bread, and it's, it's still a little too dense for my taste, but I'm getting there. Good on, Celine. As was our pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to you same time, same place next time. Soon. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.